Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. The Last Humans. Written by Captain Cautious. Let me tell you what we found at the end of the Trail of Destruction. It was a small system, ten or so planets around a medium-sized yellow dwarf star. Around the third planet, we found the remains of a swarm Millions of their ships floating in burning, roiling chaos around the charred rock. As far as we could tell, it had been a garden world. Despite our best efforts, we could not get close. Our scans told us enough, though. The swarm had been drawn here like moths to a candle. They did that back then, when they encountered a particular bit of resistance. Pour enough ships and lives in and eventually you will break even the strongest of species. It had worked for them so far. A quarter of the galaxy lay desolate behind their advance. Our fiercest warrior species and most coordinated hive races were even no match for them. That was until they began to focus on this one planet above all else. Legions of ships would break orbits and leave the scrapping of suns to come here. At the same time, we were not even aware of intelligent life in this region. Certainly, no species near the hyperspace threshold. You can imagine our surprise and shock coming to that scene in a supposedly uninhabited system. Of course, we now know of the humans. Only the youngest emerging species had yet to hear of them. When we found them, the remnants of their race orbiting in the nearest star, we learned the price that they had paid. You see, the swarm had found them like countless before. But humans are painfully violent and stubborn species. They have been trying to kill each other for the most of their history. Yes, you could probably call it insanity. But it forged an iron hard species, a species that was also armed to the fangs and making technological breakthroughs at an unheard of rate. They had even made rudimentary steps into hyperspace technology by the time the swarm had descended, and they fought back. Oh, how they fought! Hundreds of thousands of fission bombs were built and used, actually used. They reverse-engineered the swarm's gravity simulators and weaponized them. Weaponized gravity! Millions of ships crashed and flung apart and shone in half by the human ingenuity and a bit of physics. They fought like this was all the way to the ground. These are the tales of humans going hand in hide with the swarm. Have you ever seen a human fight in person? They may not be the biggest, may not be the most intimidating, but they never, ever, ever give up. From the void of space to the depths of their world, they come screaming back at the evaders. At some point, the humans learned the rest of the secrets of hyperspace windows, probably pried out of the smoking hive ship that make it speak its secrets through sheer force of will. And then, as humans do, 
they weaponized them. No, they also discovered the most species do, that if you open a hyperspace window at the bottom of a gravity well, it causes significant problems. Besides, the cataclysmic release of energy, the subspace tends to, um, tear, in a way. In a deep space, these tend to heal up swiftly, but in a heavy gravity, they linger. As far as we know, they will last until the end of time itself. Of course, the humans used this. Thousands of satellites were launched, powered by engines of down swarmed ships of all things, and on every satellite were a dozen of basic hyperspace generators, going for maybe one use. The equipment was just basic enough to open a window hardly larger than a human hand. You see, they used them like mines. One of the swarm ships detected the generator, they would peel away and from the rest. At a safe distance, the tiny hyperspace window would open into the depths of the swarm ship. The explosions caused by doing that in the galaxy, well, was probably enough to kill the ship. But add in the effect of running ship through a window, a moving ship just keeps right on going, and that window slices a neat little hole all the way into the hull. So now you have an explosion and your venting atmosphere. This went on for a long time. Down there, near Earth, the void shimmers with tears in subspace. Hundreds of thousands of tears waiting to shred a ship into a million ribbons before you know what is happening. That is why we could not get close to Earth. The space around it is just death sentence, but the humans had one last weapon to fight with. In the end, they made the swarm kill itself. The downed ships, they learned the deepest secrets of the swarm. They learned how to call for help. Humanity built an immense transmitter. They called to the Laurentian Crendel, the carved into the huge expanse of stone. It calls to the stars. With it, they summoned the swarm to them by sending the call to a swarm empress in distress. That is what finally brought millions of ships to die here. Sliced to ribbons above the burning planet, by this point there were only an estimated 60,000 humans left. So they built a ship right there on the ground, thousands upon thousands of cryocapsules in massive cluster, and they left. That was the crack the planet finally in two. The massive hyperspace window slamming shut. With one final goodbye to the home planet, they saved the galaxy. It was impossible to shut off the signal from the candle, and the swore plunged into their deaths. When we found them and learned what had done, words spread like light in the void. The remnants were often sheltered, moons, planets, entire star systems in the oldest civilizations. Yet, they declined every offer. Instead, they asked for ships, thousands of ships, enough to carry their entire population into the void. So now they wander, searching for something. They offer trade of technology or goods for information. Always information. Maps, charts, scans, rumors, they take it all. These respected people wander, always welcome wherever they pause, but never pausing for too long. Always onto the next planet or system, searching, yearning, hunting for something that they lost or sent out long ago when the swarm was surrounding them and the hope was bleak. Something called an ark. End of story. Story number two.
Six letters from Earth that'll make you even more afraid. Written by D. Speyer. When we at the Galactic Cracked published the last month's article, Ten Reasons to be Afraid of Our Newest Allies, we were a little nervous about what would happen if it ever fell into human hands. We asked the State Department, and they said not to worry. It probably wouldn't. New species are given copies of the greatest artistic works in the galaxy to aid cultural integration. But apparently, the Galactic Crack does not make that list. And even if it did, they said humans have a sense of humor, and they're entirely capable of taking a joke. Not long after we published, we began getting letters from humans. Not a single threat, so it seems to be a part of being able to take a joke is true. Phew. Just polite little corrections. This does suggest that they're probably quite capable of telling jokes, so we can't vouch for the accuracy of any of these letters. We still thought that you should see them. Little risk of that, dear Galactic Cracked Magazine. I enjoyed your description of my home, Earth, as a death world, and my continent in particular, Australia, as the deadliest. But I regret to inform you that your description of Australia contained some urban legends. Drop dares and Yahweh do not actually exist. Crocodiles do not hunt in a specific individual for hundreds of miles. And funnel web spiders, while deadly, cannot dissolve your entire body in seconds. Australia has a long and proud tradition of exaggerating its dangers to outsiders. Why, you ask? Well, it's simple. By human standards, living on a continent of 90% inhospitable desert with dozens of extremely venomous animals and a handful that can simply rip you limb from limb just isn't dangerous enough. If we didn't exaggerate, people would think we'd gone soft. Sincerely, name withheld. If anything, we're more confused, dear Galactic Cracked Magazine. In your recent article on humanity, I think you got confused because of the phrase martial art. Let me see if I can help. Jiu-jitsu is a style of violence. It is often practiced in spirit of friendly competition, with rules to prevent, or at least decrease the frequency of, serious injury. But it is at the core as subduing an opponent. Ballet is a style of dance. It's all about beauty and fundamentally collaboration. True, both involve picking up people and throwing them into the air. And many of the early exercises for balance and body awareness are the same, but they really are entirely different activities. I hope this clears things up. Sincerely, name withheld. A handful a year is too much for us. Dear Galactic Cracked Magazine, I am writing to clarify a few points with regards to human pet keeping. You wrote that millions of humans keep apex predators in their homes for the sake of uh, cuddliness, and that dogs are a subspecies of wolves smaller but still deadly. First of all, while most dogs are smaller than wolves, some are considerably larger. But the important difference is that dogs are friendlier than wolves. Many dogs are physically capable of ripping out your owner's throats, but only a handful each year actually do. This is why, though they are biologically a subspecies, it makes more sense to think of them as a different sort of animal. A thousand generations of selective breeding can make a real difference. 
Editor's note, combining the last sentence with the human history suggests that all living dogs are descended from pet wolves kept before the development of metallurgy and agriculture. Perhaps humans have mellowed? Some humans do keep wolves as pets, but this is something that thousands, not millions of humans do. The practice is somewhat controversial. It can go well, but failing to properly socialize the cub can result in a feral creature which is a danger to all around it and keeping a wolf is an inadequate space is cruel to the animal. Sincerely, name withheld. In which we learn not to ask rhetorical questions. Dear Galacticrack Magazine, In your recent article on humanity, you discussed the habit of smoking and asked, what's next? Recreational setting oneself on fire? As a regular practitioner of the recreational self-firing setting, I can assure you that this is far safer than smoking. Granted, it can go horribly wrong, but if done properly, serious injuries are extremely unlikely and there is no long-term health risk at all. To speak more precisely, the human skin isn't very flammable, so we cover ourselves or each other in highly flammable liquids and ignite those. My favorite fuel is isopropyl alcohol, usually diluted with water to a 75% concentration. Editor's note, as a follow-up, we asked what the alcohol was reacting with. Yes, it's Earth's 20% oxygen atmosphere. Yikes. Please do not go out and try it based on my description alone. It can go wrong, and you really should study in person with an expert before trying it yourself. You may ask what comes after fire. There is no single answer, but one option is to combine fire with other things. For example, you can ignite your friends using 50 kilovolt electric shocks. Sincerely, name with old. Sounds like if we hadn't skimped on research, we'd never have made the deadline. Dear Galacticrack Magazine, you recently described human religion as believing in three gods, who are also one god, in a way that we don't understand, and we don't think that humans do either. But that hasn't stopped them fighting a bloody walls about it. That's a recognizable thought or not entirely accurate description of Christianity, which is our largest religion, but it is still practiced by less than a quarter of our population. On earth you'll find religions that worship one god, or several, or countless, or countless which are all in the same way aspect of one, or some are so far beyond mortal comprehension that it cannot be described as one, but only as not many. As the old human saying goes, fear not, you may yet be confused. You may wonder, if subtle disagreement over Christian doctrine have produced giant bloody wars, what must these larger differences produce? Or is it the other way around, that deeply unlike religions can ignore each other more easily and therefore have smaller conflicts? A real answer would be a life's work of historian, but as near as I can tell it, it's been about a tie. Sincerely, name withheld. Not sure this counts as a correction. Dear Galactic Crack Magazine, In your recent article on humanity, you described us Earth's biggest and deadliest predator. We are certainly not the biggest of terrestrial creatures. Both bears and tigers routinely outweigh us by a factor of four. The overall largest predator on Earth is in strictly aquatic sperm whale, which outweighs us by a factor of 160. Not only is their length eight times our height, their width is roughly twice our height. As for the deadliest, we did hunt all these creatures nearly to extinction a few centuries ago. 
Editor's note, before humanity industrialized. But we've gotten much more careful about hunting and hardly ever do things like that anymore. Sincerely, name withheld. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.